Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. This is the second hour of Oilers Now. It's 105 in Edmonton, and uh, we are going to get right to it here. Uh, The second hour of Oilers Now is brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. At Digitex, they've got PCs, copiers, suppliers, uh, supplies, printers, laptops, IT, plotters, software, and now at Digitex, you can manage your corporate cell phone plan, saving your company money, all your devices managed at digitex.ca. Straight off to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline, courtesy of our friend at Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction service, electrical prefabrication and solar. We are going to be joined by a guy who has been in the chair for numerous NHL organizations as a general manager and a president, and now with NHL Hockey and Rogers and Sportsnet, Brian Burke. Brian, it's Bob. How are you doing? Good, Bob. How are you? Good. Well, we've made a big move since we last talked on the show. Yep. Yep, that's unfortunate. Peter Shirley is a good friend of mine and a real good guy. Um, but I think those three, I think he was on thin ice to begin with, and I think those three consecutive home losses, especially the the lethargic effort in the Detroit game, I think that kind of turned the passion of the fans up to white hot. Oh, there's no question it was white hot. You, you, you have a different relationship. Here's the thing. Like, Peter, uh, no one will debate that Peter's not a smart guy. Uh, you know him better than other people. I mean, you guys have these, you know, is it fair to say you're a bit of a Boston hockey guy in a certain regard or New England hockey? Well, I'm from, I grew up in Minnesota, but I spent a great chunk of my adult life practicing law in Boston. I had a house there for 11 years after I quit living there, so... But back to see my kids. So, yeah, I spent a lot of time in Boston. So, you guys, I mean, Peter, you know, he he went to Harvard. Then he went to University of Ottawa, took law. He worked as an agent. You guys had somewhat similar career paths. And you've both been in that seat. So, you have, see, you would have his respect because, uh, you know, he worked his way up in NHL operations to, you know, organizations with Ottawa and then ultimately the GM to Boston. So you've been there. So you would have that natural connectivity with him. And 
And so maybe it, maybe you see a different side of him than because I I think for a lot of the fans here, they don't really because Peter wasn't out there a lot in the market. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's a different style. Peter's a uh, a more private guy than I am, a less confrontational guy. I remember one time I got in a big blowout with the media when he was still in Boston, and he called me and he said, "You can't resist, can you? <laughs> you got to be in a fight." And I said, I have more fun than you do, Pete. I said, you, you stay out of the, the firing line. But I think his view was, I'll let my work speak for itself. I don't want to do a lot of interviews. I don't want to do uh, a real, be a real public guy. Very different than my view, which is um, be a, an important part of the face of the team, be real active in the community, and then back my guys up whenever there was any kind of an issue. So different styles, different approaches, but he's a very smart guy and a really good guy. Would have, this would have been very hard for him the last couple of days. Yeah, you know what? When I could see it on his face, you know what I mean? Like that yeah. end of it, there's a human element to it, even though, hey, I 100% agree with the decision that ultimately came down the pipe here, okay? Like, yeah, I mean, that's, I, and that's... That's ownership's prerogative. Like, this is what I said when I got fired in Toronto. The team got sold. The new guy wants his own guy. I get it. Yep. No hard feelings. Yeah. So, and, that, and that's the nasty side of the job. And as we say, it's a great game, and it's a terrible business. So we, we get paid well, but we got to pick up and move. It's very humiliating when you get fired. You know, if you're the manager of a bank and you get fired, your friends and family know that's it. But if, if you're the GM of a, the Edmonton Oilers, you get fired. That's on the ticker on every TV in Canada. It's very public. It's very humiliating. And it's no fun. So, yeah, we get paid well, but now... He's got to pack up and move and try and find another job. It's not easy. Yeah. Uh, and I I am a firm believer that guys that have been in that chair are great guys to have in organizations and other roles. Like, we have a bunch of people here, like, you know, in, in oil country uh, that text the show, Brian Burke joining us. And, Brian, they're saying, not enough. You know, got to fire everybody. Fire everybody in the entire organization. Everybody's got to go. Um, you know, they lumped Scott Housen into the Low McTavish group, which I actually think's frankly a little bit unfair because I don't see Scott Housen as uh, an Oilers old boys club. They love to use that term. Uh, and the other thing is I think Kevin Lowe has completely uh, moved away from the hockey operation side on a day-to-day basis. So it's funny how there's perception out there, isn't there? Yeah, so and my understanding is Kevin's not involved as well. You just wonder, guys like that, Kevin was a great hockey player and was a pretty good executive. You wonder with them being around how much input they actually have, even if they don't have the job title. Right. If they're having, if they're watching the game together and Kevin says, I, I don't like that defenseman, well, I would listen to that because I respect Kevin. So they could have influence that they don't know. They could have input that they didn't seek and really don't appreciate. So I don't know you know, I don't know what has to be done there. I'm not close enough to it. Um, I certainly would look at uh, making some changes because, obviously, this is not just Peter Shirley. They haven't gotten it right in 10 years. Yeah. And a lot of mistakes at the draft table, a lot of mistakes trade-wise, some mistakes free agent-wise. So, you know, uh, Bobby's comment about the water, I, I think, is, is accurate. There's, there's been a systemic failure there. So they've got to decide if replacing the GM alone and replacing the coach alone, those two moves alone are enough to remedy this, which is clearly uh, the Titanic sinking gently to the bottom. All right, so let me ask you this. I'm going to pose a question differently then. 
will this be a job that guys would be interested in getting around the league? Absolutely. Right. And why? You got the, you got the best player in the league. You're, you're starting with a nuclear option. Most of us, a lot of us, never had a nuclear option in 30 years. I had a couple, but a lot of times I didn't. I had good teams, but I didn't have a nuclear option. I didn't have the best player. I did in Anaheim. I had I had nuclear options, but <laughs> so that. And first off, you got a brand new building. The team's profitable. So that no that issue. that is a factor because I had people chastise me yesterday on a tweet saying, "Oh, the new building doesn't." I'm like, "What the hell are you talking about? Like Calgary's going to get their building, but it's a challenge in the short term for the Flames. Conversely, it's, the the Oilers are a profitable organization. It's a positive because you're profitable. There's no problem coming up with cap money, and it's a free agent destination because of the building. You know. If a, if a free agent is thinking of going to Alberta and, and I give him a tour of the Saddle Dome and Pete Chiarelli gives him a tour of Rogers Arena, where where do you think he's going? Where do you think he's going? He's not coming to the Saddle Dome. Well, Austin Zarnick so, went to the Saddle Dome. He chose Calgary over Edmonton, but that was Austin's yeah, situational fit. Yeah, and that, that was a positional fit. And we did find what our free agents, Troy Brower, you know, we, we got the guys we wanted generally, but it was a big pitch, and we lost guys too. So building... A great hockey community. Anyone will tell you, even if they don't like the weather in Edmonton, they'll tell you the people in Edmonton are awesome. And yes, it's cold, but it's a hockey crazy community. And and if you're a sportsman, it's a wonderful place to live. You can drive 20 miles in any direction and hunt or fish. So there's lots of pluses. Uh, with Seattle coming in, the traffic, the uh, travel will be reduced a little bit. And there's only 32 of these jobs in the world. So, yes, there's a, there'll be a ton of people who are interested in the Edmonton Oilers job. And I don't know who's tweeting and saying that's not true, but there's going to be a line out the door around the corner where people are interested in this job. I have been asked by 12, 14 media people if I'm interested. Answer, no, I'm not interested in getting back with any team. So right. I'm not interested. All right, so let's establish I, I better, right. Because, Brian, we're getting texts right now. Uh, <laughs> Bob, please, please, please ask Burke if he would ever consider taking the GM job that comes to us from Nathan. Uh, Nathan, thank you, but no, I'm out. Dustin says, is this, a, is this a job Brian Burke is interested in? So we can establish. Brandon, you can tweet that right now from our Reuters Now account. Brian Burke's having some. The other thing is, I mean, you're at the presidential level. And this organization has a president of the Oilers Entertainment Group, and that's Bob Nicholson. And you guys have a history together as well, dating geez, yeah. all the way back to what Providence, or you're both. I'm thinking, you know, how far? Yeah, back? We, no, we played together in 1973 at Providence College. 1973. There you go. I didn't realize, Brian. I didn't realize you were that old. I thought you were a couple of years younger than Bob. Well, no, we're the same age. He might even be a year. Or- because he's from BC, he might have played junior for a year after high school. I don't know where. Either the the same age or within one year. Now, is it true that he had to protect you back in the day? Uh, no, that's not true. <laughs> All uh, right. By the way, by the way, yeah. nobody had to protect me back in the day. Uh, I somehow got that impression. Uh, I was fine as long as I wasn't going up against Todd Ewan, and then I'd have to think about it twice. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I might no, give... I'm not. I'm not sure I could have fought Todd Ewan, but I I didn't. I threw my weight around pretty good, and I didn't need anyone helping me. So. Well, you still throw your weight around pretty good. We're joined by Brian Burke. Uh, Brian, let's do this. So we know that there be um, lots of applicants out there. Does it matter if you have a guy like you? 
uh, you guys had Trey Living. You guys hired Trey Living in Calgary. He's inherently a Western Canadian guy. Uh, it. it does that help? And that's like I'm thinking of a guy like Kelly McCrimmon, who, and there's lots of reasons to like Kelly McCrimmon, right? He worked yeah. in a Vegas organization that's done some really good things. They studied the other 30 NHL franchises. They've built a terrific model in place. We know he's going to get consideration, merit consideration for the Seattle job. Um, does it help if a guy is Western Canadian for a Western Canadian market? My my view is you hire the best guy. I do not think that a Canadian market, especially a rabid one, that's sour. Like, you're talking about a marketplace that's sour at life right now. They are determined that the next guy would be the right guy. So they've got to get this right. They've got to get this right. Doug McLean said this last night during our broadcast. The pressure on Bobby Nicholson is intense to get this right. So to me, it cannot be a rookie GM unless they bring in a president of hockey operations with some gray hair to help this guy. You do not want a guy with training wheels on running the Edmonton Oilers. This can't be a learn-the-job, on-the-job. It's not an internship. It's not a go-to-work-with-your-dad. It's a GM of an NHL team that is in deep trouble. They need a guy with experience, brains, and balls. And if that's a young, a first-time guy, he better have a, a boss. He better have a president above him who can guide him. They have got to get this right. Brian, we're going to quote you on that. Brendan, can you tweet that out? Uh, they need a guy with experience, brains, and balls. What if you have two of those threes? <laughs> They'll find a guy with all of them. <laughs> They'll find a guy with all of them. So it's going to be an extensive search. Does it have to be done right away? Because I don't think it no. does. No, the bench is deepest in June. There's a whole bunch of guys that they'll be allowed to talk to. If they want a young guy, there are some top young guys that are under contract, but they will receive permission to speak to the Edmonton Oilers once the season's over. There will be at least a couple veteran GMs who get fired. So you're talking about what bench do you have to hire from. It'll be much deeper in June. I think it would be a mistake to hire before then. Okay. You They've think- got enough experienced people around. You know, like they, they can run... Keith Gretzky can run the draft. The scouting staff make most of the choices anyway. Right. So the fact that they don't have someone in the GM chair is not fatal. I told Trevor Linden this when he first took over in, in Vancouver. I said, you don't need a GM at the draft. Your scouts can do the draft. Right. Agreed. And on that note, I mean, back to, you know, and, and I don't want to keep belaboring the point, but it's, it's my belief that Peter Shirelli did not act alone as an example. When he, he fired Stu McGregor the week before the draft, that was when they drafted McDavid, and then the Oilers traded the pick for Reinhardt. And I liked Reinhardt. I thought Reinhardt had a chance to be a hell of a player. Uh, and by the way, this, this doesn't help you if you if you mess up on a draft pick. Right. Okay, This doesn't, it doesn't help you. But I said this before, I'll say it again. If, if Jesse Puglia-Yarvi is not a player, and I'm not convinced that that's true. I think he's still going to be a player. Yep. But if he's not a player, if Pierre Shirelli was wrong, guess what? 30 teams had him right there. No, that doesn't help Pete because he's the guy that took him. Yep. If he doesn't play, they're going to hang that albatross around his neck. But the fact is, lots of people like Griffin Reinhardt. And the push for that trade came from inside the organization, not from Peter Shirelli. He was hammered to do that trade by people that worked for the Oilers. Well, and I've repeatedly stated that that one was not all on Peter. So there we have it. And I do think there's times that Peter did pretty much, you know, maybe in concert with Dwayne Sutter as the pro scout, act fairly much 
you know, maybe two or three guys in on the decision making on on picking up a guy, right? Uh, from a pro scouting perspective, and that's oh. you know, that's. Let me ask you this, and we're getting texts coming in right now. Uh, Brian Burke joining us for Canadian Power Pack. Brian Peter Belt, he used the word heavy twenty plus times, and again, I'm not going to be a hypocrite here. You you get Connor McDavid, you got to protect that player. The Oilers were the. I mean, look at what you guys used to do with him when you played him when you were in Anaheim in Vancouver. Or more so Anaheim, I guess. You ran the Oilers show when you were in Anaheim. You pushed them around after um, the 07 season from that point forward. But, uh, you know, Peter built a bigger, heavier team, which, again, the organization was on board with. Needs to be pointed out. Has the league, is is that sort of stuff irrelevant? Because you, you thought it was coming back a couple weeks, two or three weeks ago, but we've seen some games here where the Oilers have had an opportunity to lean on teams, and maybe they just can't get there, Brian. Maybe they're just well, not, they don't skate well enough, they're not deep enough. Maybe the game's officiated, so it doesn't benefit them at all. Give me your thoughts on that. Well, I still think there's a place for big, hostile people in our league. The difference would be, we built the Anaheim team as a straight top six, bottom six. We had top six skill, skate with anybody, Naslin, Bertuzzi, you know, in Vancouver, it was the top six, bottom six. Anaheim, same thing. We had Tamu, we had Andy McDonald, we had Chris Kunitz. But the bottom six were big, ugly, hostile people. You can't play with a top six, bottom six anymore. It's more like a top nine, bottom three, or even a top ten, bottom two. But you still need to have large, hostile people. For the games like you watched Vegas play last night, Reeves is a factor in that game, I'm telling you. He makes people nervous. And he neutralized Buffalo in the playoffs last year. So I still believe there's a place for it. You can't have too many, and they all have to be able to skate. Brian, Vegas came into Edmonton last year, and they were going good. This was in the first half of the season, okay? They were going good, but they were down to their fourth goaltender. They had Dylan Ferguson up from the Kamloops Blazers. I mean, they were in dire straits in goal. But they were intimidated in that game. And I'm... I know some of those people. You worked with one of those guys in Vancouver. That guy was never intimidated of anything. The guy you worked with, he was as tough of an undersized fighter as there was in the 1980s, pound for pound. But his yeah. his Vegas team came in Edmonton, and this was when Edmonton had still had Maroon here and and Lucic and Cassian and Nurse, and that team, I believe, was intimidated, and the orders absolutely snot kicked them. It was like an eight, and everybody in the wall was goaltending. Well, the goalie gave up a couple goals, but I know when I'm watching a team that is a little bit of timid, and you know what? Even even your team against Calgary, when when Maroon got moved out, that's when the that's when Calgary started to win, because Maroon was one of those guys that would cheap or chirp and bark, and, and the Oilers had the other, like, there was a, and I know you've had some toughness, you might disagree with me, but I think at times, the team in Calgary, you know, some of the younger, more competitive players going up against the Oilers had some of that. And Vegas. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. You would agree with that? Yeah. So you're running that team. and Because I, I know what I saw. I saw a team that was a little intimidated by McDavid's speed and skill and ability, but also a little bit intimidated that if it had to come, push, come to shove, they didn't have the wherewithal against the Oilers. And it, as crazy right. as this sounds for the fans, the Maroon trade, I think, signaled a bit of a shift because he had the gamesmanship that maybe Cassian and Lucic don't. The problem with Lucic is he's too damn honest for his own good and doesn't well, do. Well, I think 
Patrick Maroon was not popular in Edmonton with his teammates, so that that's why they moved him. They, people might have liked him as a player. I agree with you. I like Patrick personally, and I yeah. do. I do think he brings the sandpaper element. Yeah. But he was not well liked there. That trade had to happen. It was the, the veteran group was asking for that there. Yep. So but that you know, but I think you're right. I think when you have four of those guys, there's a pack mentality. So in Anaheim, which you know, is probably the toughest championship team yes. ever, maybe, maybe, maybe some of the Flyers teams. But if you go back and look at it, every night we dressed four people who were willing to fight. Four people, not one, not two, three, or four. And other guys who would do it if they needed to. We had four people dressed every night, a Peros, a Moen, a Sean Thornton, a Boschman. We had four people dressed every night. So we never got outnumbered. We never got outgunned. So to me, that's what Maroon did. He added that one more body. Now you got to worry about four guys instead of three. And I think there were games where we felt that. But Anaheim, I think, if I'm not mistaken, under Brad Trilliving, have been in the top three in fighting majors every year. They don't yep. have that big heavyweight, but they fight. They get in a lot of ball, and they got a kid like Bennett that punches above his weight class and uh, way above his weight. And Hathaway will fight. I mean, they've got they've got people there that will answer the bell. Well, and that, and that can agitate. And I think the Oilers have missed a bit of the gamesmanship since Maroon's left. But, uh, you know, we all heard the same things on Maroon. Hey, just as an FYI, the guy you didn't mention, you had that line with Moan and Niedermeyer, or Niedermeyer and uh, Paulson. And Paulson was a he, – he, like, he he hurt Jared Stoll. And I was he, I, I was angry at the Oilers. Toughest Swede you ever met. I was angry at the Oilers team that there was no response. And the comment to me was – Bob, how do we respond? That's that. That was the comment. How do we respond? We can't match what they got. Is that even? But Brian, final question in a minute or less. Is that even relevant today? No, it's different now. You, 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 but it, it's not irrelevant. Okay. But the model for putting a team together has to be different. Sammy Paulson, we used to say, thinks he's from Red Deer, not from Sweden. So it's different now, but it's still relevant. And big hockey still wins games. We'll keep that in mind, and uh, we've already tweeted out your comments. Thanks again for your appearance, and we'll look forward to hooking up next week, Brian. Take care. Enjoy the All-Star Week. Okay, bye-bye. That is former NHL executive Brian Burke. Brian Burke's appearances on Oilers Now are brought weekly to you by Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction and service electrical prefabrication solar. You heard him say it. Degree of truth to the ability that maybe the Flames, there was some intimidation there. I know it occurred against Vegas, and what did Vegas do? They went out and traded for Ryan Reeves. They already had England, Derek England on the team. They went out and traded for Ryan Reeves. And Reeves can play because he can get in on the four check and he's an effective player. Um, we will tell you that you can text us at 630-630 on our Heartland Ford text line. Not your small town dealership with a huge new state-of-the-art facility. Experience the difference of Heartland Ford. And guests on the show receive gift cards to Japanese Village. Steak and seafood cooked right at your table. Japanese Village, Edmonton South, Downtown Northside, and Sherwood Park. Off to a global news weather traffic update uh, with Morgan Black. Morgan when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Black, not Morgan Clark. Uh, and then uh, when we come back, Jay Woodcroft in conversation, NHL Today and This Day in Oilers History.
Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.